0: Welcome to Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs and Tech Professionals. I'm your host, Mike Morton, CFP and RLP, Registered Life Planner. Don't talk about that too much. Maybe we'll do that in a future podcast, talk all about that. Today, I have here on the show, Megan Russell is back with us again. She has worked finance for her whole life, it seems like. She's the Chief Operating Officer at Murata Wealth Management. She's written over 700 financial articles that can be found on com. Megan, welcome back.
1: Thank you. I'm looking forward to continuing our series.
0: Yes. And... Wait, it's got to be more than 700. It's been 700 articles for a few months, but you crank out so many articles every month. It's got to be at least (laughs) 750 by now or 800. I don't know the last time you updated that number.
1: I don't know either. (laughs) Yeah, it's at least over.
0: (laughs) It's at least over. So we're accurate there. So Megan's back. We were talking the last time she was here about healthy spending and aligning your spending now and in the future with your values. So go back and check out that episode if you didn't hear, because there were a lot of great ideas about how to get started on that. So we thought we'd continue on this topic. She's written a lot of different articles around the idea of healthy spending and how to make sure you are just feeling great about the way that you're going through life and spending money on things that will bring you the most joy
1: yes you have a budget that brings you the most joy it can
0: yes the budget that will bring you the most joy i try to avoid the b word but a budget that can bring you the most joy and this is core to financial planning right
1: most people dislike budgeting because they think about it as cutting out the things that they love but listen to our last episode you don't have to cut out the things that you love in fact if you're cutting out the things that you love the most you're doing budgeting wrong you need to cut out the things you don't love everybody always starts though with their guilty pleasures the things that they really like but they feel like they shouldn't no you like what you like cut out the things that you don't like from your budget to make savings
0: yeah and you know i was thinking back to that discussion i love that thought because you read all these things on the internet and about how to budget and cut out your daily coffee and how much money that will save you but if daily coffee is brings you so much joy, then don't do that. Don't Find do that. other ways or other strategies or whatever it is. So the cookie cutter advice that you read is what I think what you're saying is really turns people off to the That's whole idea. Right.
1: That's right. Yeah. And you want to customize your budget to your goals. If you're not doing that, then you're not really making a financial plan. You're just stealing somebody else's financial plan and hoping it's going to work for you. That's not going to work. You need a personalized financial plan. You deserve one.
0: 100% okay so today's topic last time was healthy spending go back and check that out on how to work on that a first step today's topic is avoid advertising that's right so Megan what does that mean why do we need to avoid advertising
1: so in our modern era most of our spending journeys begin unfortunately with some sort of advertising whether it's just the packaging, speaking to you in a grocery store, whether it's an ad that's interrupting some podcast you're listening to, it might be something that's specifically targeting you in your email or specifically targeting you on your social media site, but advertising is everywhere. And it is such a big business. And falling prey to advertising can be one of the things that really makes spending not enjoyable. And so today we're gonna talk about the strategies where you can avoid advertising and avoid its influence on your spending habits so that you can maintain that path of joy that you've made in your budget.
0: Yeah. Two quick comments and we'll dive in. One, this really aligns with our last conversation. Now that you've gone through the exercise and figure out what brings you joy, you need to stay in those lanes and the advertising is really pulling you away from your plan because obviously they're trying to trying to get you to be involved in certain products or buy certain things. Right. And this Megan, this is good timing because we should have had this podcast 2 days ago cuz yesterday in my inbox I got an advertisement we're all like an email. I'm sure you, you do get a bazillion different emails every day. I'm trying to unsubscribe. You click the unsubscribe, but it just doesn't, doesn't seem go to work. Away. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't go away. Why is that? And why also when you click unsubscribe, it's, oh, thank you very much. It takes up to 10 days to unsubscribe you up to 10 days to unsubscribe you. What kind of, where are we living anyway? So yesterday I got an advertisement and totally got me and I bought tickets to a concert, which. Luckily, it does bring me a lot of joy. I'm looking forward to it. it's going to be about two tickets for my wife and I. Oh, hopefully she doesn't listen to a podcast. I think it's going to be a surprise, but I don't think she <laughs> listens to my own podcast. So that's okay. So I got this in my inbox, right? Hey, this concert's coming up. You can buy tickets early, get in ahead of the public. And I was like, oh, I definitely want to do that. And clicked on it and spent tons of money before I even knew it. So today's yeah. topic is very <laughs> timely, avoiding advertising. So... How do we see less ads so they they don't get us out of our lane?
1: Yeah, so the first strategy to avoiding advertising is to just not see as much advertising. And um, like, can you really achieve that goal enough for it to be your only strategy? No, you can't. Like, you're going to see ads, so you need more strategy than just this one. But at the same time you can reduce the number of ads that you see, and you can reduce how customized they are to you. And so I think the first step is to just see how many places you can turn off marketing. You'd be surprised how many places are going to sell your data so that they can market to you. So for example, every time you open a credit card, Most credit cards have things in their clauses that let them sell information about what you're doing with the credit card to advertisers. And so, you know, your favorite credit card might be a source of a lot of the spam that comes in your email or a lot of the spam that comes in the mail. That seems a little too close to home. So Mm -hmm. one way that you can just start is every credit card you have, turn it over, call the number on the back, and then just ask the person to maximize your privacy. Tell them you don't want You don't want your data shared anywhere. And they'll tell you that they've gotten all of your privacy and then tell them, is that all of it? And almost always (laughs) you'll have to say, is that all of it? Four times. That's my experience. Four times Four times of asking them if they've turned off all of the marketing and they'll be like, oh, there is one more. And then they'll turn that one off and you'll say, is that all? And there'll be one more. So... My experience, ask four times. It doesn't take that long to ask them four times because every time the answer is just turn it off, turn that one off, turn the next one off. But that will stop new credit card offers. That'll stop some of the, oh, you purchased this and now here's a coupon that we want to entice you into more purchases like that. So the credit card is one really big one. The bank is another one if you open a new bank account, a lot of bank accounts will sell some of the information. Mm. And so maximizing your privacy at the bank account. These are two really big ones too, because they know a lot about your spending habits. And so they're going to be better at manipulating you. They already know what gets you and they'll be able to sneak in, get a foot in the door.
0: Those are two great tips to start us off. So calling the number on the back of the credit card just simply saying, turn off the privacy, turn on turn the privacy, it turn it up, turn it all the way up, turn it up to 11. And <laughs> yes. the same thing with your bank. And you know, that reminds me too, Megan, of speaking of our budgeting, since we're on that topic, it reminds me of when you've got your internet or your TV subscription and every couple of years you notice the price just kind of ticks up. And if you call them and say, Hey, I'm, I'm canceling this service. They'll be like, no, nah, you can't do that. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Here's an offer. After you say it, like, again, three times, yes, right. I'm canceling, they'll be like, oh, it turns out there is an offer we can give you for 50% off for another year. <laughs> oh, gets you. Go, Why didn't you just give that to me then? Uh, Why okay. don't you
1: just <laughs> give that to everyone? I know, it's exactly. so annoying
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so calling the credit cards. And then the other thing you mentioned there, too, that I want to touch on was the customization, you know, because we're now getting very used to getting customized ads right. and I've noticed this it's like man, at first you're on one website on one computer you know, maybe researching something and then an ad shows up on your email on some other computer and some other device you are like wait a sec how did they get how did they know I was looking at that kind of thing so is custom are customized ads particularly dangerous do you, in your opinion
1: I think that the more they know about you, the more that they're going to know what gets you to click on an ad, what gets you to research the product, what gets you to buy the product. For example, when you see an ad on like a social media site and you click on it, like maybe you're on Facebook, you click on an ad. Facebook keeps track of all the ads you've ever interacted with, whether it's you've just stayed and looked at it a little bit longer or -hmm. you click on it. And they're using that to figure out what new ads they can show you that will continue those looks and those clicks. And so it kind of sneaks in, whatever is working on you, they're gonna do more of it. And then when that works, they're gonna do more of that. It's (laughs) like machine learning, but it's for specifically how to get you to interact with an ad. So it's a lot and it's a lot to try to combat, which is why we've got a whole podcast just about strategies (laughs) to overcome advertising. Because if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves falling prey to all the ads.
0: Okay. All right. So on this strategy, the first strategy of seeing less ads, obviously getting the credit cards, the bank counts, What else under this topic?
1: Yep. So after you're done turning over your credit cards, calling the number, calling your bank, places like that. Another place that um, that you might not think to call or you might not think to do is when you're donating to charity, you should actually ask them not to sell your information So if you're really charitably inclined and you give to some of the really big national charities, they tend to have a network by which they share donor information. So maybe Mm. you're supporting No Kid Hungry, but they're going to also share your information with the Red Cross. And then you suddenly in the mail, you'll be getting letters from the Red Cross saying, hey, you should consider donating to us. And then once you're on that donor list, they're going to share your information with another one and it'll snowball. So people who give to charity a lot Will know that their mail explodes basically. Sometimes wow. you give to one charity and then it's every charity in the world is in your inbox telling you that they need money. And so another way that you can do that is anytime you give a gift to somewhere, ask them not to share your information. And if you do start getting letters in the mail, they'll normally have fine print that's, if you don't want us to share your information, here's a number to call. So once you start in the pool of them sharing your information, you need to start calling the numbers to not get Holy it. Holy smokes. Mail. Yeah. Um, But another thing is that you can just knowing that's what they're doing can sometimes be helpful. So when you get that, the Red Cross is great. I really like them. But when you get that like random mailing and you're like, why did I get this? Think about it as this is advertising. They're advertising to me right now. And it helps you maybe giving them more places than you really want to.
0: Oh my gosh, I, Megan, I never knew that there was so much sharing among those. I mean, it it makes sense, but I put on my one hat, you know, (laughs) like trying to get more money into my organization. But man, that's terrible, like, when I'm thinking about it, that they would just share so much information and then just explode your mailbox with, oh, yeah, you gave to one place and you should give to everybody else, I don't think any of
1: them realize, too, how much it snowballs. One charity, maybe they just share with one other charity, but if that charity shares with another one, you've got, like, the kind of how gossip moves around a room. Oh, I don't gossip, but I told Susie, and Susie told Jen, and Jen told, (laughs) and it turns into a big thing. I think it's like that. I don't think there's anything malicious going on quite the same way that maybe targeted ads have. But it is just another thing that you need to be resilient against. If you plan your giving and you give intentionally to specific places and you have your goals and your budget, you don't wanna fall prey to a cry for help from another charity that is actually just advertising to you.
0: Yeah, and I love the way you put that as, just view it as advertising. And you should do that now I'm thinking about it when I get mail from my mailbox. Uh, I know my inbox is definitely advertising, but the same with the mailbox and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, even if it may appeal to you, right? Pulls the heartstrings or whatever else, but just realize, oh, yep, that's advertising. Set it aside, think about it, see if it fits into your plan and then go from there. All right, cool. So good to know that and good to have some strategies. Anything else under seeing less ads?
1: Yeah, so another one is unsubscribing from any sort of sponsored product newsletters. So these hide in a lot of different places. So the obvious ones are, you shop at some website, you order some things, and they automatically subscribe you in the newsletter. And now you're getting, maybe you bought some shoes, you're getting shoe ads all the time in your inbox. Every shoe sale, you're hearing about it. Well, you can unsubscribe from that and it would be better because you already know about that website. It's not like you're gonna miss anything. You know about that website, you bought shoes from there. Let's say you were totally happy about that shoe purchase when you need shoes again you'll go back there right, you don't need right. you don't need it coming into your inbox every week enticing you with the latest sale or the latest fashion and there's a lot of things like that there's also a little like hidden ones where sometimes you might go to something that you really like like an author you really like an artist you really like maybe even it's like a product you really like one time I went to this website because it had it had coloring book pages that you could get that were all themed around honey and bees and i'm homeschooling my daughter and i was like this will be so awesome she'll love doing these so i had to give them my email in order to get the coloring pages now i'm subscribed to this bee honey company and they're (laughs) sending me all sorts of ads about their honey they're telling me when they're having honey sales like unsubscribe it doesn't have to be enticing for it to be great for you to unsubscribe from too even if it's just annoying having the slow drip of advertising in your inbox is gonna wear you down and then when that thing that really is enticing comes in You'll have used up a little too much of your energy just going through the trash. It'll be like, ooh, I found something cool. It might even inspire your prey instincts of, ooh, the hunt. I was hunting through all this mm-hmm. junk and all this bad stuff in my inbox, and ooh, I found a good one. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to feel that. You want to just be like, that one's an ad. That one's an ad. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Another's- and uh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, we were talking about that before too. I love this idea that, of course, the drip advertising, and that's literally the word that we use in the advertising industry. <laughs> drip advertising, and it <laughs> works, man. There's a reason why you get yeah. this stuff in your inbox uh, with zero cost email. You're gonna just keep getting these kinds of things. So do your best to unsubscribe, which can be a challenge. And then the other thing we were talking just before we started recording was some people don't have email which blows my mind but <laughs> how happy those people are that don't have email you don't need to get so much email get rid of it mm-hmm. get off of those things have less email and trust me you will feel better everyone can relate yeah. to that with their uh, inbox when they log in and it's 2500 uh, unread messages it's <laughs> crazy and it so get off subscribe. the email stuff
1: there's somewhere if you unsubscribe it doesn't go away you unsubscribe and it doesn't go away sometimes it's because you have to unsubscribe from lots of different lists they're like oh we thought you only wanted to unsubscribe from the news we didn't know you wanted to unsubscribe from promotionals uh you have (laughs) to unsubscribe from where but but if you really can't unsubscribe your most email programs have the option of message filters where you can be like if it's from this email send it to my trash can. And so you can always do options like that where you're like filtering it into your spam folder or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's a really good idea because some of these, again, like some of these are just almost impossible to unsubscribe from. So that's a really good idea too, trying to notice where they're coming from and uh, collecting them. Now, we do get, I've heard what, 3,000 impressions a day in terms of advertising just from, you know, looking around, being on a computer, walking outside, watching a little TV. It's just endless everywhere looking at boxes that come in the mail or boxes around your house oh it's just everywhere we've got a couple of tips here on trying to reduce those number of impressions by seeing Mm -hmm. less ads anything else where we could try to reduce those number of ads that we're seeing throughout the day
1: yes there's a lot more i did want to say about the sponsored newsletters though Mm. there's another one that's hiding in there which is that there's some blogs that are actually every post is a sponsored post basically like every new one is a product review and they're very if you read all of their articles you realize that they're very capricious it's, oh this is mm-hmm. the absolute best cleaning product no this one's the best cleaning <laughs> product and they have a lot of articles saying a lot of contradictory things and it's because they're really sponsored websites is the best right. way to think about it they're just one big spot for product placement And there's some really great ones out there that have really helpful information with really wonderful articles, but they're all ads. And identifying that some of those websites that maybe you love reading the newsletters for are ads is really, I think, can be helpful to your budget. So if you find that every time you're opening a newsletter, you're tempted to buy things, question whether this is really a newsletter that's worth having. So it might not be explicitly products, but... It's cleaning advice and kids homeschooling <laughs> products right. and who knows what else. And if they're not really upfront about the advertising, it can sometimes be even more influential. Yep. But then also another big one is that you can use an ad blocker. So there's a lot of ad blockers that you can download for whatever browsers your favorite. If you just type best ad blocker for <laughs> and then your browser name, you'll find so many options that are all really great and they'll shut down those ad choices boxes that appear on your favorite websites. And some of them are even able to block ads that come on in YouTube videos or ads that come on like more embedded in things like on your Pandora or on Spotify or something like that. They'll be able to block a lot of ads. Not all of them can block all ads. There's some browsers that just can't do it anyways. But if you just search for an ad blocker, blocking any number of the (laughs) ads will improve your quality of life because you just won't have to see quite so many. Um, You know
0: what? Yeah, that's so great that you're reiterating that. Of course, I know there are these ad blockers and I don't have one for my browser, but I definitely need to do that because I feel that they're innocuous. Like, "Ah, I don't really see the ads. I'm just like focused on the content. But just anything we can do, like we were talking about email, anything you can turn off some emails coming in your inbox is going to make you feel incrementally happier. Just trust me on that. And the same is true for ads, even though I'm ignoring them. If I turn them off completely, I already know, like, I'm just going to breeze through my day, honestly, a little bit more energy by the end of the day, by not having to filter that through my eyes and through my brain and getting those 3000 impressions down to 2800 or whatever I could do right. to reduce it is going to reduce your stress, my stress, you know, even though I don't think about that actively. So that's a really good tip just to, in everything I constantly think about. There's so much going on in today's world that is grabbing your attention. And attention, you know, this is one of the four areas that I focus on in terms of your resources. Mm -hmm. You've got your time, your money, your energy, and your attention. And maybe a decade or two ago, you wouldn't throw attention in there, But these days, because of all the distractions of everything beeping, flashing, going on in your life, attention is really a critical resource that you want to protect. And so So that's a really good tip around the ad blockers to just, again, hone that attention and get it dialed into the the content you're reading, what you're there to do.
1: So after you've eliminated most of the ads from your experience or as many ads as you Mm -hmm. can eliminate... Then the question becomes, what do you do with the ones that you see? Before becoming a financial planner, when I was in college, I actually studied cognitive science. And so we studied a lot of the things that people who, who go into marketing, they've studied some amount of cognitive science. Because it's all about mm-hmm. how do people think? And in ads, you're trying to predict, oh, how can we get them to do what we want them to do? And so the most common type of advertising these days is affective advertising. So it's trying to make you feel something. It's trying to inspire a feeling in you. And so mm. the only thing that cleaning product ad maybe is trying to get you to do is think that women who use cleaning products are superior and you feel <laughs> good. If I have this cleaning product, I'll be really amazing. And that's all. Just trying to do a slow drip. You see it a lot. You see it all over the place. Like women who use cleaning products, they're competent. That's a really common I, cleaning product mm-hmm. ads i love making fun of them because they're so sexist there's always a woman who's really competent and a man who's i thought i could squeegee the floor with this and it's just like so sexist and horrible but then like they clearly think it works because they do it all the time anyway so affective advertising works best when the person is not paying attention so you talked about you're trying to ignore the ads you're trying to not look at them they know you're trying to ignore them that's why they have picked this strategy the less that you pay attention to it, the more that your brain just internalizes like good thing with that, good thing with that, this is a good thing. Eventually you end up thinking that is a good product, this is a good thing, maybe I should buy it and then the moment when it comes up and you think I need to buy some bleach, what brand of bleach are you going to buy? Are you going to buy the brand of bleach that you've seen the ad 27 times and you've got a good feeling about it? You might, you very well might and um, So the way that you combat affective advertising is you engage with it. It's counterintuitive, really. But you engage with the ad. So you're like, what are they advertising to me? Just even asking that question when you see an ad. What are you trying to advertise to me? What is this? Have that attitude. Like you're an older person sitting on the couch. What? What are you trying to do? Okay, that kind of. You engage with it. You're like, what is this? What are you trying to add? Try to guess. Make it a game. What could this be? When I was a kid, we used to play the game of guessing what the ads were before they told us. So we'd sit there and be like, car ad. It's a car ad. It must be a car ad. No, it's a drug. It's a drug. It's, they're in the mountains. It's a drug ad. You try to guess. You say, wow, this ad is really sexist. You mock the sexism in your cleaning product ad. And you're like, this is ridiculous. Do they think men behave like that? And you also make... You make it clear what they're trying to hide. So they're trying to tell you that you're more of a woman if you use bleach. What in the world? You, you Now you can mock that. You can mock the theme and thesis of this ad. And so engaging with the ad on any level, going however far down that spectrum you go, will actually help make you more uh, protected from the charms of what's going on.
0: That's so Interesting, and I never really thought about that. And, and as you were talking, I was visualizing different ads that I would see coming my way, yeah. and the interaction, and especially like guessing the ad. Some ads you don't even know, like when the ad's over. like no. I still don't even know what that product was, but they've got a plan. <laughs> you yes. know. They've got a plan, they're not spending marketing dollars for no reason. Right. So I love that engaging with it. And Megan, we can do that no matter where we're seeing that ad, whether it's just yeah. on your screen, coming in the newsletter, watching it on TV whatever it is. And it's just being more present where you are. And look, that's if you're watching some TV and an ad comes on, you can just be present there Mm -hmm. and watch the ad rather than just checking your phone or scrolling through. Again, now you're like you said, that's how they get you is that you're just in the background. You're getting that feeling. You're just hearing the voices, maybe seeing out of the corner of your eyes, the screen. And that's how they're making you uh, internalize their product and how you'll feel.
1: Yeah, they're playing the long game. So they they know that one ad that you see isn't going to make you isn't going to make you go get it. But they're playing the long game. That's why everywhere you look you're seeing the same ad. They even sometimes know specifically for you that everywhere you look you're seeing the same ad. Sometimes they're targeting you on Multiple platforms because they think you're a really great candidate for this particular Mm -hmm. product. So yeah, having that, just even recognizing that, noticing. Like again, I get advertised bleach a lot, so that's the one I'm always making fun of. I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's just I'm in the (laughs) I'm in the right age group. I have a kid the right age. They're like, you must you must need this. You must need to clean your house. And so they're always showing me really sexist bleach ads. And I I engage with that. I'm like, look at that. They found me over here. Somehow this particular place must know that I'm a woman in approximately this demographic (laughs) with a child. And so engaging with even that, that you're seeing in a lot of places can be helpful.
0: So this is great. The topic is trying to avoid advertising. And also I don't think of it that way as much as the positive stay in the lanes stay yeah. in the, you know what you've decided is important for your spending and don't get distracted so we're trying to avoid the distractions and they'll get you you know this at all kinds of time when you're tired mm-hmm. or you know hungry that's when you see the ads on the food or you're just like oh i need that thing don't get distracted stay in your lane so we came up with a bunch of Great tips today, I know Megan has lots of articles on her site around avoiding advertising and then engaging with the advertising so it doesn't um, get you. Is there anything else, Megan, that you wanted to highlight in terms of avoiding the distraction of advertising?
1: Yeah, I have a few more things. So another one is if you're on social media, any social media platform, there'll be two things to look out for among the posts of your friends that are actually hidden advertising. One of them is there's a lot of people who are normally the largest voices on social media who are part of multi-level marketing companies. And so they'll be selling books or makeup or kitchen products or some supplements. There's all sorts of different multi-level marketings. And they'll be really vocal and most of their posts will be sharing about their family. It'll be like, oh, my kids are this, that, and the other, and here's my husband. But then embedded in some of the posts will be the products. So it'll be like, oh, we're so healthy. Here's the supplement that I took. Or like, we got sick, so I took this supplement. Or maybe if they're doing books, it'll be like, we went to the library today. Here's the library books we got. And we also read this other book that I can sell. It's really, it's hard to notice if you don't know about multi-level marketing, but it'll be In a lot of their posts, and you you don't have it's not like you have to unfriend them. I have really great friends who are unfortunately um, from my social media feed involved in multi level marketing, but you just need to know it's an ad so okay. it's okay to enjoy hearing about their friends but you should also engage with the fact that it's an ad and and engage with it in the similar mocking way even potentially of, so, oh yeah. we had this had to put the supplement in there
0: so the same idea so i didn't realize that yeah the, of course the multi-level marketing has been around for a long time and it's still uh, going strong and they're just using the newest tools. So using the social media. So be Mm -hmm. aware that some of your friends might be, be engaging with these companies, which is great. But for you to be aware... Again, yeah. just building that awareness. Just stay like, in your lane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To, okay, yep, this is, this could be advertising. I dig a little deeper for a minute or two. Oh, yeah, I see this product a couple times or whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Now I know, no big deal. Right. So you're engaging and being aware of that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
1: And remembering too, because sometimes you can fall prey to the, oh, my good friend found success with this oh wait i forgot it's that friend yes yes i'm gonna hear about the supplements when i see her posts that's right that's Um, right that's right the, the second social media one that's even harder to see is companies will actually very quietly sponsor an organic post so something that your friend just happened to post that mentions their product so maybe they've just bought a new car And they're like, oh, look at my new car. It's amazing. I'm so excited. And it's just they're being totally genuine. It's an exciting thing. They wanted to share it. But the company who that car was made by has a filter to sponsor and boost it. So suddenly you'll see like your elementary school friend you have never seen on your feed will just boom, they'll be there and you'll only see their car ad. And then the algorithm will just quietly let them go away again. And that's normally because it's sponsored. And so even product placement that's not product placement, like your friend is just talking about the cereal that they really enjoyed in the morning and they just wanted to tell people about it. And then suddenly it's a sponsored post and it's Kellogg has made it come up onto your feed. And so just knowing that the algorithm can do that, it means that even just normal friend content You need to think about as like, I wonder if this was sponsored. Just even being able to have that thought and knowing that's a thing that they can do can sometimes keep you from falling prey to what they're trying to do, which is be like, look, your friends are using this. Even this person's using this. Look over here. Here's another one. So it's another just hidden ad.
0: As you're describing that, which I didn't know was a thing, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. It's just hitting me like these guys are clever. Holy smokes, that's awesome. <laughs> Wait a minute, no, it's not awesome, but yeah. it is. It's an amazing feat of so technology. Well, it's also, it's just that, and they're probably, you've mentioned a couple ideas that they're doing here that, that you're aware of, but I'm sure they're doing more, right? I'm that sure we'll are. highlight it a, a year from now, like in the same episode, like, oh, now there's this and this. So yeah. the overarching point here is to be very aware as you're reading a friends posts, social media posts, whatever it is scrolling through, that it could be any products that mm-hmm. you are seeing, just go with a skeptical eye. Oh, that's cool, that's really working for you, that's great, yeah. that's, uh, that's neat to know. And then, you know, then maybe it's good for you, you can visit that and see if it's gonna work, but just recognizing that there's gonna be a lot of products in your social media feed and just have mm-hmm. a skeptical eye and engage with them, as we said before, be aware of it and have that skeptical eye.
1: And the last thing I wanted to share is what do you do when an advertiser has gotten you? And so at any point in the process of engaging with an ad, so let's say you see an ad and you're like, ooh, this is really cool. You watch the whole video. You don't skip it. You're just watching the whole thing. And then you're thinking about it. You're on their website and you're looking at it. You're at some stage of headed towards buying it. Whatever the moment is when you realize that it was an ad, I want you to train yourself to think you got me like it's April Fool's. It's funny we're recording this on April Fool's. So it's really thematic because, again, these advertisers are like one big giant game of April Fool's. So they're showing you this ad. And as soon as you realize that you've engaged with it and you and you're tempted to get it, just train yourself to think, oh, you got me. It gives you a nice little out. It doesn't matter how far through the process you are. It could be in your cart and you've already filled out your name. And you could think, oh, you got me. And then it gives you an opportunity to rethink your purchase. Rethink what you're doing. Is this what I really want to be doing? Maybe I should put this down and step away and see if I feel the same way afterwards. And we're going to talk on our next one all about how to step away from your purchases. But for this episode, I want you to just think, oh, You got me whenever they get you. And it's okay that they get you. They spent a lot of money to get you. You would be embarrassed at how much money they spent to get you. In fact, you'll feel very valuable that they spent that much money on you. They're going to get you sometimes. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But just think, oh, you got me. And then if you have extra time to think about it, think about how they got you. Why did they get you with this one? Maybe even watch the ad again now that you know that they got you with it. And be, like, and be like, what was it in this ad that got me? Because analyzing what happened, how did they get you, will make you more resilient. Next mm-hmm. time they do it, you're going to be like, oh, I see that right there. I see what you did. You're not going to get gotten.
0: That is great. Thanks, Megan, for reminding us of that. As you were going through that and just no matter where you are, it's in the cart you're about to check out. You've already filled in information, but pause for that one second, realize that they got you, oh yeah, it started, and, and you said, if it starts with an advertisement, oh yeah, yeah, if you trace it back, oh, it was some ad that got me all the way up to this point, then just recognize that. And I was thinking too that evaluate, going back to our past episode, is it in your core? Right. Is that product or what you're doing? And if it is, then you're thinking, you're being aware and present and thinking, oh, okay, yeah, this is gonna bring me a lot of joy because it's inside of, of those things that I didn't, X out of my list. If it's somewhere on the edge, then really be aware of that. And we'll talk next time about what else you can do when you're at that point.
1: My grandmother always used to say, oh, it's too bad they had to advertise it. It must not be very good. So So that's another technique you can do of, oh, It must not be very good. They had to advertise it. And there's some truth to that. Just think about right now, Wordle's a really big thing. Did Wordle get advertised to you? Did you see an ad about it? No, you didn't. It just some friend told you about it because it was so awesome. Was Wordle making money when it first came out? It wasn't. That's why it wasn't advertising. Now it's sold to the New York Times. They made a big money on that. But like when you think about it, the really good things in your life that you're like, actually, I really enjoy this and I enjoy this time. Normally, some friend told you about it because you had a specific need. They didn't have to advertise it to you. There's some truth that if they have a big advertising budget, it's probably not very good because they could have put that money into making a better product.
0: Fantastic. Good reminder. Thank you, Megan, for all the tips and strategies on how to avoid advertising. And when you do see it, how to engage with it and be aware and present. So thanks again for all of that. And we will continue on this topic of aligning your resources to bring yourself the most joy around spending and enjoying life next time. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or mortonfinancialadvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of reporting. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.